Welcome to the next episode, and of course, the newest episode of the Friendly Confines, everybody. Alongside Chad Gordon, I'm Ryan Lieber, and Chad, the collar is starting to get a tad tighter as the Cubs enter probably their most important stretch of the season. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, and, and you, you, I, I think that's exactly right. This is the begin. This is the begin of the final stretch, and it starts right on Monday on the most important series, and we will get to it, what was going to be the final series before the first day off, but we'll get into that as we dive into the show. Our guest this week is Ryan Cheverini, the host of Windy City Live on ABC7 in Chicago. Has some interesting insight on what his thoughts are about what Wrigleyville now looks like and kind of how it's changed over the last few years now that the Ricketts have purchased the team and kind of uh, had a major makeover. You know, there's been a lot of criticism, as you know, Chad, about maybe the look and the feel of what Wrigleyville is compared to what it used to be. So we'll and they're all that. wrong. All of them are wrong. I couldn't disagree more. That's uh, I'm very uh, passionate about that. And and Ryan, we've we've got such great guests. Can I say something that's been such a big pet peeve that I want our listeners to hear? Absolutely. Okay. And, and this is so totally off topic on what we're going to be talking about, but it it's just it grinds me. Listen, if you pull out the W flag, the game should be over and the Cubs should have won. Do not pull that out until the game is over and the Cubs have won. Can I just say that? I'm, I'm impassioned about that right now. I've seen it one too many times. I know that that is something you have posted about in the past. Yes. And I agree with you. I, I think it is a little cocky of some people to be throwing out the W flag before the and game is over. And it's misinformed. It's, the, it's in, the intention is when the game is over, you fly it if the Cubs win. But uh, – I'm getting pretty heated right now, but let's just, let's, let's, I may bring that up again, but uh, if you're listening to this now, you know, no offense, just do it the right way next time. Well, as they say, the more, you know, the more you're in, the more, you know, the first (laughs) inning begins. And of course, as we mentioned, Chad, the Cubs, well, the uh, lead in the NL central is now down to two as they enter this week's series against the Milwaukee Brewers. And if the Cubs do get swept by the Brewers, the Cubs are no longer in first place. The Brewers yeah. could take over. So it just shows how huge this series is. Could be the biggest series of the season um, as the Cubs enter this game against the Brewers tonight. Yeah. And, of course, as the question bears, we've kind of already touched on it. Is this the make or break series of the year? It Well, it is now. And then the Red Series will be. And then – the Diamondback series, they're fighting for their lives will be. And then, then it'll be, um, and then it'll be the, whoever we're going to play here on out is make or break because it's that time. Here's what's working in the Cubs favor right now, right now, best record in all of the national league. It just so happens kind of shades of 2015, the top three, the, 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 the three of the best teams, the three best records um, just happen to be in the national league central. And so um, there are two other teams just chomping at the Cubs uh, heels right now, and they're not letting up anytime soon. So yeah, this, this series, these first three games um, it's interesting. I would say this, you know, from your perspective, who do you think has the most pressure? Cause I was trying to think about that. I mean, the, the targets on the Cubs back, but the Brewers, they have to win to to move forward i feel like there's there's equal pressure which is very unique at a point like this in the season so i'm actually going to disagree with you i actually do think the pressure is on the cubs right now Mm. because of the fact they've had such a big lead uh during the season that everybody's basically expecting them to come out of the national league 
that if the yeah. Cubs don't come out of the National League or at least make it to the NLCS this year, it's going to be a disappointing season, right? I mean, that's yeah. fair to say. I think yeah. the Brewers right now are kind of playing with house money, right? Nobody's really yeah. expecting them to make it to the postseason. I mean, sure, they'd like to make it to the postseason, but if this team does end up making it, it, it would be maybe a little bit of a surprise. So I think really all the pressure is on the Cubs right now. So I don't necessarily think the Brewers feel that pressure or going into this series, you know, feeling kind of locked up. I think they're pretty loose going into this series, actually. Well, you know, I, I think there is because they made some really big moves in the offseason. Um, I think that the Brewers are in it to win it. They're, they're not a surprise team to me. They're a team that should. You know, they've got MVP caliber talent on that uh, on that team that they brought in in the offseason. And I think, you know, they have an expectation that they need to come in. Um, you are right that the Cubs, uh, everybody expected them to kind of walk away with this. I have to remind people, and I'm reminding people on a daily basis, the fact that the Cubs right now have the top record of the National League are and are in this situation right now, despite losing their gold glove caliber, um, one of their top players and their right fielder, Jason Hayward, uh, for, for a big part of the, the last end of the season, um, losing their, their closer, losing a huge chunk of, of Chris Bryant's time, losing their number two slated pitcher, for the season, having their number five pitcher uh, be a complete train wreck. I could go on and on. You know, the in- injury to Addison Russell, I am stunned the Cubs are here right now. They are playing through on heart and these next three games. I mean, the answer for me, without a doubt, is yes, this is make or break. If there's a sweep here and there's a, a turning of the tide, um, then all the pressure's on the Cubs going through. Second inning now, and we start with, no rest for the wicked. The Cubs, yeah. well, they were supposed to have a day off, but because the Nationals game on Sunday got washed out, the Cubs are now going to play on the one day off they were supposed to have this coming week, which was Thursday. And now they will have to play the Nationals in Washington before they go to Cincinnati Incredible. to take on the Reds. So, Chad, I say to you, is this team starting to get maybe a little fatigued as we head down the stretch? I appreciate the fatigue question. If you remember, I've been harping on this the last two episodes about this 23-game stretch. And I had said before that, you know, the team can't win them all, but let's, you know, shoot for 15. They would have to sweep the Brewers and win that Thursday makeup game uh, to get 15. So they're probably not going to do that. So they're going to underperform my my hope for expectation. But my the, the headline of this part of the story for me is, what does Major League Baseball um, have against the Chicago Cubs and how incompetent is both Major League Baseball and the Washington Nationals this weekend? And I get it. Weather happens. But everybody that's ever looked at a radar knew that this was going to be a mess this last weekend, this soggy mess against the Nationals. And to have Sunday wait three hours to finally call the game, um, and, and, and all, all told, I think there was something like 11 hours of, of, of weather delays, like to come back after 90 minutes and play six outs, you know, the second game of the Saturday doubleheader. I'm incensed about this. It was ridiculous as a fan. I had friends that were there waiting that out. I had people that missed the games. Um, it was ridiculous, uh, for the, the health of the players and the safety and also just their peak performance. It, it, do, it doesn't 
provide peak performance. And I, I, I call out Major League Baseball for really dropping the ball. They should not be playing this game on Thursday. It should be scheduled for the first Monday after that Cardinal series, um, which I believe is the, the, the first day of October. This is a ridiculous travesty as far as I'm concerned. 30 straight scheduled days of baseball for the Chicago Cubs. That shouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is always that the issue that Major League Baseball has, right? Because the fans are always clamoring and the players are always clamoring for the season to start maybe a little later, not so early. And then they want to finish up the season a little earlier. So it's not going full blown into November. Um, And then it's just, you know, becomes an issue when these teams don't have the time off to be able to, uh, you know, play at at a rate where they're going to be able to rest. And then like you said, that fatigue uh, starts to set in. So, yeah, I, I mean, this is a problem that, you know, Rob Manfred is going to have to address next season. Absolutely. This is going to be something that is not going to get better because every year, listen, 162 games aren't going away anytime soon, right? I yeah. mean, they are no. going to have to play these games because the owners are going to just want more money. They're not going to want less money. So yeah. more times that you can get fans through the turnstiles and get ticket gate, you know, ticket cash prices, that's going to continue to happen. So, how is baseball going to handle that? You know, the NBA has kind of done a nice job of not playing the back-to-back nights. They've kind of stretched the season out a little more. Major League Baseball doesn't have that luxury. So no. it's going to be interesting to see. Do you play more double headers to allow maybe more days off and, and, and not have that issue? Um, I agree with you, Chad. It's, it's going to be a tricky thing for Major League Baseball to try and figure out. I'm glad I'm not in that position. Uh, there are people above my pay grade that are going to get paid a lot more to make these decisions than me. Yeah, it, 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 uh, it has to be addressed. And, and I think that the, the issue here and the reason it really is grinding on me is the Cubs have been um, at the, the receiving end of more of these issues dating back to the start of the season in, in April, um, which is, has added to the fact they've had all these split day-night doubleheaders and they've had a lot of inconsistent scheduling. Uh, the easiest solution, and I still don't understand it, is to play the game after the completion, that Monday after the Cardinals uh, game, if it's necessary. I mean, because God knows, the, the Nationals got their revenue. The people that showed up and was, was in the stands for those 10 hours of rain delays, they bought hot dogs and beers, I guarantee it. Um, but let's also, let's, uh, we're really burying the headline. There's a potential hurricane bearing down on, on the East Coast and could be affecting this game on Thursday. Do the right thing, Major League Baseball. Make the call and and move this game um, to the Monday after uh, the Cardinals series, and and only play it if it's if it's necessary. That's my plea. Third inning now, and of course, Chad, we have seen the bullpen at its worst uh, over the last few games, especially yeah. against the Nationals. Uh, the Cubs bullpen did them no favors in the game against Washington in their six-five loss uh, the other day, and uh, it's just continuing to pile on. Now, listen, you can make the case, and I've said this before in the podcast, that, listen, is Joe Madden overusing the bullpen? Is the bullpen yeah. starting to maybe feel the, the heat of, you know, going out there every day and throwing and throwing? These guys can only go so long. Um, I, I know Madden has, has, you know, in the past, the bullpen's worked to his advantage, but I think it's a fair point to say that right now this middle relief is uh, – it might be hurting a little bit. And I don't think that's uh, something that, you know, I'm afraid to say because yeah. we we've seen it all throughout the season. The bullpen is, has been solid, but you know, you got to You got to maybe play a little smarter. And I understand 
that in that contest, listen, Joe pulled Garcia out of the game early, which he wasn't pitching well. But I, I really feel like when you got a guy in maybe one of the other starters that is rolling along, maybe you got to think twice about taking him out of the game in the sixth inning and letting him pitch a little longer so you're your bullpen can rest a little more. What, what's your takeaway on that? Well, you know, we've had this discussion uh, previously, and I, I, I am a firm believer that, that Madden is always going to err on the side of caution for his starters. He believes in, um, in the bullpen. And, and as you said, to kind of kick this off, it has been lately that this has shown its ugly head. You know, uh, uh, C.J. Edwards had been uh, one of the most consistent pitchers on the team and now he's struggling to find the strike zone. Uh, um, another uh, problem area that I'm concerned about is Steve Shizik. He, this is a guy that has come in and, and has been steady as, as, as can be. Um, you know, the problem as I see it, and, and we, I talked about it briefly before, Brandon Morrow, nobody expected that this arm issue was going to eat up the rest of the season. If he doesn't come back, then you know what we are. If this team's going to go far, then there's going to be a new Cubs legend in the making. And we're not sure if it's going to be um, Pedro Strope, if it's in, in a big situation, if it's going to be Jesse Chavez, if it's, if it's going to be um, who the heck knows who it could be at this point. But um, you know, people got down over the weekend on Justin Wilson and they said, Oh yeah, Justin Wilson, Justin Wilson has actually been one of our absolute best resources out of the pen. He had, um, a rough, uh, rough go a little bit in Washington. As a whole, I think this bullpen is as good as anybody in the league. Not having a defined uh, closer I, it hasn't worked out too often. I mean, there's no Kinley Jansen in the mix, uh, which, which, is, which is frustrating. Um, but you're right. 30 straight games uh, scheduled uh, where this bullpen has to get up and be ready to go at a moment's notice is not helping any matters at all. And if that game gets played um, in Washington on Thursday, there's going to be one day off the Thursday before that Cardinal series before the playoffs. And that is, that spells doom for me. It, it's a little, a little pessimistic uh, view for me, unless some of these starters can eat up a ton of innings in their next start. I say this with about Madden in the bullpen, but at the same token, with all the injuries that have piled up this year, I still say he should win manager of the year. And I, I, I don't think he will, but I still think considering everything the Cubs have dealt with this year, uh, Madden should definitely win manager of the year, even though he, he definitely won't. All right. Uh, fourth inning I now. think Ryan, if I can, I'm going to say that is, that's a, that's a great take. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I outlined all of the injuries, all the surprises, all of the issues, I, I honestly think this is this is the best job that Joe has done since he's taken over from the Cubs. And I'm going to kick off the fourth inning because this is the question that I want to ask you, and I think I know the answer. Um, right now, as I mentioned before, there are two teams um, that, uh, that right now have the wild card uh, in their sights uh, unless one of those two teams go on a heck of a surge or even a three-game surge here and takes over for the Cubs for the best record in the National League. But there are two teams in the wild card, two teams chomping at the at the um, the Cubs' heels, and the Cardinals and the Brewers. Both of them have actually, you know, maintained uh, a great, great uh, tenor and a great pace. Which of those two teams, Ryan, scare you the most? I mean, listen. I think if it's today, you're asking me this question. It's the Milwaukee Brewers, right? I mean, they're two games behind the Cubs. They played them tough last week in Miller Park. Um, they're they're playing and playing great at the right time. Uh, this is a team that's, you know, playing well right now. I mean, for, you know, they're just, they're really hitting it, hitting their stride. They're pitching well. Um, you know, Ryan Braun is, is coming together this year. He's really starting to hit the ball pretty well. They got a lot of guys like Christian Yelich now, who's 
um, arguably, a, a, I wouldn't even say a dark horse MVP candidate. I mean, he's, he's a definitely he's he's definitely a legit candidate, right up there with Javi. So yeah. I I mean, this is a team that I think can be very scary right now, and they're they're hitting their stride. I mean, look, this series is is a little scary for me. I I, I think it's this is going to be a tough series, and and like I said, I think the Cubs are starting to feel it a little bit. So I think yeah. for my money, it's the Milwaukee Brewers for sure. Yeah, the you know the Cardinals uh, against a very inferior uh, a Tiger team uh, lost in consecutive nights on on walk offs, um, and you know they're pacing the Cubs right now. Both teams going into this week are, are uh, have won five of their last ten, both the Cubs and the, and the Cardinals, and the Brewers, who I think it can just sense it, can smell it. They are um, they they're winning it at a eight hundred clip in their last ten games, and so yeah, I, I agree with you. There's no disagreement here. Um, but the funny part about uh, this episode and the funny part about baseball is we go into the final week. Who's going to scare us most? It's going to be the Cardinals on that last because no matter what happens with the Cardinals, those last three games, I'm just going to go on a limb here and say they're going to matter to the Cubs. They're going to matter I, big time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, agree with you 100 percent on that. All right. We move on to the fifth inning now. And Chad, with the acquisition of Daniel Murphy, it's allowed Javi Baez to move the shortstop. And then David Bodie now playing yeah. third base with Chris Bryant playing in the outfield a little bit more. So what does that mean? Well, it means Addison Russell has been sitting on the bench a lot more, hasn't really been playing well. And, well, his bat hasn't really been doing a lot of talking either. He's having a very down year. However, his defense is still so key down the stretch. Yeah. So, Chad, I ask you, is Addison Russell's defense worth the offensive struggles? You know, that's that is that's. That's the that's the question. And what do you do with that? What I love about Addison is he was playing through intense pain. He was taking swings, missing at strikes, and his hand hurt so bad, he actually groaned out on swings. So you can just tell how much pain that he was in. So he, he goes on the, uh, the DL, he goes away. Um, it allows, you know, right when, when Murphy came in, it gave them the opportunity to bring him in immediately, which was, again, an incredible move by the front office. Here's the thing. Murphy on a whole is going to be a, a high on base guy, percentage guy. He's going to be a, a high average guy. Um, every now and then he's got that sneaky uh, power. And so from an offensive standpoint, he is leaps and bounds more than what Addison Russell probably is going to be for the rest of the year. I'm all in on Addison Russell when he's healthy. I think he's one of the greatest athletes the Cubs have. But defensively, Daniel Murphy is a liability at times. Um, and so it, it just goes back to that age-old question we had back in 15, uh, really in 16, when you thought about, you know, Jason Hayward. You know, we can all talk about the, 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 the rain delay speech and what that meant, but that team doesn't win the World Series without Jason Hayward's defense in right field, even though his offense was nowhere. And so, you know, my, my, I'll push back to you and say, you know, does Addison Russell playing nearly shut down defense at shortstop better than anybody, any other option we have, including Javi Baez, who's more uh, flair for dramatic. Addison Russell is steady Eddie and he gets it done. Does that defense, you know, it, it does it more than make up for, for me, it does. I think it's, it's necessary because if you can save runs and if you can keep, you know, keep people um, from taking the extra base and you can stop the ball and make less errors, that's going to be more valuable than Addison Russell um, hitting a tick higher um, from a batting average and a power standpoint. Yeah, I mean, right now he's at 256. He's only got 38 RBIs. I mean, certainly he's, you know, seen the DL quite a bit this year. But, right, for the later innings, absolutely. I have no problem with Addy coming into the games, you know, maybe around the seventh inning, 
um, playing some defense if the Cubs are up at that point, and then you got Jave, or even if it's a one-run game and the Cubs are losing, I think it's important, like you said, if Murphy's a liability at second base, you're able to slide Javi back to second, put Addy at short, and then you have Bodie at third or Brian at third, depending on, you know, the matchup that day. So, no, I have no problem with it. You know, look, some of the best, you know, things that we have about this ball club is the fact that they are the deepest team in baseball. Absolutely. So why not take full advantage of the bench and have the guys that you can play day in and day out to keep them fresh, to put them out there. Now that Ben Zobrist is a little dinged up right now, you know, maybe this will open up some more opportunities for Addy to play a little more because uh, Zobrist is usually a guy who, you know, he's going to be playing second base. He'll be playing in the outfield, depending on, um, you know, what day it is and what the matchup is as well. So maybe this is an opportunity not only for Addy to get into the game, play a little bit of defense. Maybe he can, at least try to, you know, work on his swing a little bit and, you know, hopefully it doesn't cause too much damage to his injury. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have no problem with Addy playing defense. I think it's great to see him out there uh, to, you know, at least be a part of something um, because they're going to need everybody as, as, as the hashtag says, Chad, everybody in. And yeah. uh, that not just includes the fans that includes every single guy in this 25 man roster. Uh, the biggest so, concern that I have. Yeah. The biggest concern I have Ryan is, is since, Addison came back from the DL um, at the start of September. He's, he's been up to bat 16 times. He has three singles. He has one RBI. He has no base on ball. So he is looking very lost up there when he makes contact. It's soft contact. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's concerning. Uh, and um, it's one of those where I'm hopeful um, that uh, as this week rears on and maybe he gets a little bit more rest um, or maybe not get that rest and get more at bats, he can be the guy that can actually turn it on and provide a spark. All right. We move to the sixth inning now. And Chris Bryant has been back in the lineup now for a couple of weeks. And he is, uh, well, he's in okay. He's at 277. Yeah. He's got a still 11 home runs, 45 RBIs. Kind of become more of a singles hitter since he's returned, Chad. So I guess the question for you is, do you think – Chris Bryant will regain his form. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to, I'm going to preface this by saying let's, because it isn't one of our ending topics, but right now, um, you know, your MVP, my MVP, the the listeners MVP right now, Javier Baez is four for his last 22 with 11 strikeouts in the last six games. That's concerning. So you want to look at, at, at the faltering right now, but since um, Chris Bryant came back, since he's been back, um, he only has uh, just a handful of hits. Um, I don't have the official log right here. I'm doing the math right now. But he he is one that uh, is behind on pitches, is looking overmatched um, on fastballs. You know, you know his whole we, – we, we addressed this on a previous episode where, you know, his whole approach right now to save his shoulder and to not do any more damage to what's causing shoulder pain right now is to not have that long follow-through with one arm where it really stretches his shoulder out. So – they decided to retool his pitching while he was on the DL and, and, and retooling back up by keeping both hands on and following through that way. Well, it is not the same batter at the plate. And, you know, we talked about this before. Jason Hayward, you know, he was struggling mightily in years past, and they were like, well, we're going to clean up his swing and fix it. It's really hard to do in the season. And so is that something do you think we're going to see uh, Chris Bryant? Um, maybe not at – 
Oh, he's never going to be uh, the same Chris Bryant th- towards the end of the year. I just don't see that happening from a power standpoint. But do you think that he's going to have the same contact uh, rate and, and on-base percentage and slugging percentage um, uh, with this new retooled swing and knowing that he's nursing an injury? I, I, I have some grave concerns. Time for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we are joined by my good friend and uh, one of the best people you will ever have the opportunity to meet if you are in the Chicagoland area. He's the host of Windy City Live on uh, WLS Channel 7 in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ryan Cheverini. Ryan, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Hey, thanks a lot, Chad. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Uh, who wrote that intro? My grandma? It was pretty good. Uh, she did, actually. She just uh, actually texted me a little while ago, gave me the, uh, the intro on there. So I figured. That. I know you hang out. I know you guys hang out together and go to buffets and stuff. Well, the good thing is, is living down here in Florida, uh, you know, all the dinners started about 4.30 in the afternoon. So <laughs> That's uh, perfect. She's, that's, that's right in her wheelhouse. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. you know, listen, we, I appreciate uh, you coming on with us, obviously, and uh, it's great to, to hear your voice. And, uh, you know, listen, I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk about us on, on the air, talking Cubs baseball. Now, I know once upon a time, you were the, the sports anchor at – abc7 in chicago now you're you're on the other side of things doing more entertainment stuff but you're still involved obviously heavily in the scene of chicago so first let me just ask you in the you know now you're in season eight now of uh, windy city live um talk to me about what impact the cubs have had on the city of chicago the last several years, uh, especially with them now winning the world series in your opinion yeah you know it's so interesting because when i was covering Rivalry was so strong between the Sox and the Cubs. There was just so much trash talking that would come really, you know, from the Southsiders. And they had won the World Series in 05. So they had that trump card on the Cubs. And, you know, it's just so different now because the, the curse is over. You know, the Cubs were the lovable losers for so many years. And finally, when they got the monkey off their back, and obviously now they're still playing great. They got the best record in the National League. Um, it's like the rivalry is, is, doesn't exist anymore. And, and, and now the Sox are in that rebuilding phase that the Cubs went through a few years ago. And it's just it's really quiet when, it, when, you, when you hear about the rivalry aspect of it. And it was like Sox fans love to talk so much trash. And Cubs fans, they, they don't really care what the Sox are doing. They're just so focused on, on how exciting that ball team is still to watch right now. Uh, it's uh, Ryan Cheverini from Windy City Live. He's taking a few minutes here on the Friendly Confines as our special seventh-inning stretch conductor here. Uh, you can follow him at Ryan Cheverini. Pretty easy Twitter handle uh, to check him out. He's very active on social media. If you can um, spell it. Uh, it's that? easy if you can spell it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's a, I always remember it's Chia Verini. That's like yes. the best way to remember it, I feel That's like. the be- And I still have Italians in Chicago going, hey, you know you say your name wrong. I said, I know, I know, I know. But it's How are you supposed to pronounce it? Supposed to say Chiavarini, but could you imagine me saying that every day? Yeah, that's not very TV friendly. <laughs> yeah, but but like Chianti, the wine, it's C H I A. So Cheverini, same thing, C H I A. It's supposed to be Chiavarini. Ah, interesting. Oh, look at that. See, I don't know. Have you ever admitted that on air before? Is oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've, okay. we've talked about it. Yeah. But Italians still tell me all the time, you know, because this is obviously a huge, huge Italian community and, you know, great little Italy and all the great restaurants and all that. Right. A hundred percent. Well, speaking of which, uh, the changes uh, when it comes to 
the landscape of Wrigley Field and Wrigleyville as a whole. I mean, obviously the Ricketts have put so much money into the ballpark, around the ballpark. And there's been some criticism, Rye, about the fact that it's taken away the originality of what Wrigleyville was all about. What, what's your personal takeaway on what is happening in Wrigleyville, whether it comes to the hotels or the way that uh, Wrigley Field is now set up or the stores around it? What, what do you think? Are you in favor of what's happening around there? Yeah. Hey, listen, when we both covered games there, that place was a uh, that place was like a landmine. I mean, that place it was dangerous at, at times. And that, that place was falling apart. I mean, it needed to be done. I know that Chicagoans are very, very old school and, and not accustomed to change. I mean, we were the last team in, in the country to get lights in 1988. And people are probably still mad about that. You know, people always want to be mad about something. But I think what they've done is modernized the feel without losing um, the nostalgia that Wrigley Field still has. You still have the old school scoreboard. Um, they haven't really messed with anything in the bleachers outside. Um, you still have the, the, the look of that marquee when you walk up to the park, which they'll never change. Yeah, you know, hey, times change and, and you got to get a little bit more modern. Uh, we were stuck in the 1950s for a long time, and I, I love what the Ricketts are doing. I think they're making it a lot more family friendly. There's a lot more things for kids outside the park. I mean, it was just run down and it needed that kind of upgrade. I, I love it. I, I would not rent an apartment across the street on some of those new buildings. I don't know who's going to live there. But um, I, I think overall, it, they've done a nice job and they've done it the right way. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, because I'm curious in the off season, how many people are going to be staying at that hotel across the street? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be great for tourism. It's going to be good for the for the I mean, it's not going to be good for traffic, traffic and Wrigley. I mean, you couldn't pay me enough to live next to that ballpark. But I, I love taking the train and going down. You know, the, that's the, the traditional way to do it anyways. But they literally have apartments right across the street now. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, it's right on. Uh, I don't know. Is that uh, is that Addison? I always get that that street confused. But uh, uh, to, to rent an apartment right there, uh, it's going to be astronomical. But think about not only the, uh, the baseball games here in the summer, but then you have all the concerts. Like, how are people ever going to sleep? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people thought there was an issue in 88 when they put the lights in there. Now it's right. adapted, uh, what it's going to be like. But, no, I agree with you. I, I think this is only good for the city. And, and, and the Cubs were one of the last ballparks to add, you know, like you said, the scoreboard and, you know, the just right. some of the, the amenities that I think these newer ballparks are uh, enjoying the fruits of that Wrigley just didn't have. And, and I, I agree with you. I think progress is always good, even though sometimes people try to, to stop progress as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I love that, that we still don't have a ton of advertising, but you know, you need some of that advertising to win. It's just a fact of life. You know, people were upset when they did the first advertisement out in the, in the center field wall was under armor. Do you remember that on the door? Yes. yes. And people were losing their minds and the Ricketts were saying, Hey, listen, uh, you want us to win ball games. You want us to land big time players. We need to get some of that commercial money, and that's what they've done. And no, now nobody cares and thinks twice about the uh, the advertisements out in a ball ball field. I mean that that's happening in every single stadium across the country. I am so glad, and I do put my foot down on changing the names of stadiums. I'm so glad it's still Wrigley Field, and in the day that it becomes something else, Trident Park or whatever bubblegum wants to buy it, that, that will be uh, the time that people will riot.
Right. Well, and we're seeing it already with, you know, Comiskey uh, and the, the right. several name changes it's had as well. So I, I agree with you completely. We're talking with Ryan Cheverini, the host of Windy City Live. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Ryan Cheverini. Taking a few minutes here is our seventh inning stretch conductor on the friendly confines with Chad and Ryan. All right. So, you know, you're our, 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 our special seventh inning stretch conductor this week. Uh, but you actually were the seventh inning stretch conductor at a ball game. You got the opportunity to sing, take me out to the ball game along with throwing out the first pitch at a game. So I I'm just wondering what that experience was like for you, because I would just, I would literally give my right arm to sing, take me out to the ball game at Wrigley one day. I would, I would love to know what that experience was like for you. Yeah. Well, it'd be hard for you to throw out the first pitch. If you, if you had to get it before, I'd have yeah. to go lefty at that. Point. I hope you'd give it after you threw out the first pitch. <laughs> That's true. Good point. Good you you point. know, uh, I, I got to say that the, the two coolest things I've ever gotten to do in my career uh, is throw out the first pitch and fly with the Blue Angels. In any, I don't even know which one would come first. They're probably a tie. But those are the two coolest things I've ever gotten to do. Um, it, it was pretty magical, you know. And, my, you know, my mom, who has passed away now, got to be there. And she got to see that. So it was really, really cool experience and very surreal because, you know, even though I didn't grow up in Chicago, I had family that grew up here and um, I, I watched games because of WGN, even from where I grew up in Southern California. And so you saw this, you saw, you know, everybody throwing out the first pitch. You saw these big celebrities on TV as a kid. And I was, I was thinking, how in the world am I getting this opportunity? Is everybody else sick? But uh, it, it was it was phenomenal. It was one of the coolest things. I, I will be able to tell my grandkids about that and, and have the pictures to prove it. No, you didn't. You didn't bounce the ball. No. Today, OK, I kept telling Val, you better not bounce it. You better not bounce it. And I think she might have bounced it, my co-host. But uh, I, I threw it high and hard. You go high and hard. You're fine. You, you'll never you'll never get ridiculed for that. Uh, absolutely. No, you're 100% right. High is better than uh, bouncing it a couple of times or at least once in the dirt. Right. And, you, and you have the option to stand on the rubber or you can stand in front of the mound. And I said, you know what, I, I'm going to probably never get this chance again. So I'm standing on the rubber. You go big. Yeah, you go, you big. go big or go home. Go big or go home for sure. Ryan yeah. Ceparini from Windy City Live taking a few minutes with us here on the friendly confines. He's our special seventh inning stretch conductor. Uh, all right. So last thing I wanted to ask you, you did a music video, um, which was really great. And I know near and dear to your heart, you've got a bunch of uh, Chicago celebrities to be a part of it. The proceeds to this video uh, went toward, I, I, correct me if I'm getting the name of this wrong, but it was the Suicide Prevention. Um, yeah, you, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Yep, okay. You're on the right track. OK, so and, and you did a music video and it was about the city of Chicago. And one of the people that was kind enough to be in your video was Ernie Banks. Um, and, and you got to form a great relationship with him before he passed away. Uh, I would just love to know what um, that was like for you to be able to be uh, called Mr. Cub a friend. Uh, that, that must have been just uh, such an amazing thing for you to be able to do. Yeah, you know, it was incredibly surreal because, you know, I get I get to meet a lot of different celebrities and a lot of uh, people that are called famous in this world. And and when you first meet them, you know them only as that person. Right. Like, you know, this actor from only this movie or, you know, Ernie Banks as Mr. Cub and only this, you know, this larger than life figure. But then, you know, because I was at the ballpark so much as a sportscaster, you get to know Ernie Banks, the person. And then you almost forget 
how great he is as a baseball player, not out of any kind of disrespect, but it's just that you know his personality so well now that you know him as just as Ernie. And every time I would see him at the ballpark, he would always ask me, Ryan, are you married yet? And I'm like, no. He goes, hold on a minute. He would go grab some random woman and he would ask her if she's married. If she wasn't married, he would bring her over and introduce me. I was like, Ernie, what are you doing? He's like Chuck Woolery. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was he was such a great guy. And, uh, you know, I, I told him that I had written this song and that I was donating it to charity. And he goes, oh, well, I want to hear it. I said, how about this, Ernie? If I do a music video for it, will you be in it? And he goes, absolutely. And I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I will do it. So uh, sure enough, when we shot the video, you know, I had a chance to call him up. He said he would be there. And Ernie in the later stages of life, sometimes he would say things and you weren't sure if he was, you know, and all, all due respect, I wasn't sure if he was all there, you know. Of course. Of and course. so he I wasn't sure if he was going to show up. And sure enough, he shows up to the video shoot, you know, and uh, and he was happy to do it. He was singing the song. It was very cool. And unfortunately, Ernie passed away about eight months after that. And I, I had ideas for that song for, for a few years before that. And I, I just thought, wow, how lucky was I to, to not only get to know Mr. Cub, but to have him in that video forever. That's, uh, that's incredible. Ryan Cheverini, the uh, host of Windy City Live on ABC7 in Chicago. Thanks, buddy, for taking the time to uh, be on with me. I always appreciate your time. And thanks for joining us on the Friendly Combat. Come on again. Will you come on again, please? Anytime, guys. Much appreciated, partner. Thanks so much. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. Our thanks to Ryan Cheverini for a wonderful interview. Always great to hear from Ryan. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, you can always uh, follow Ryan at Ryan Cheverini, and you can always catch him on Windy City Live on WLS ABC7 in Chicago. So I, I have a prediction for, for Cheverini. I, I, I can see a mayoral run probably in about 15 years. What do you think? <laughs> um, yeah, if he ever wanted to enter politics, I think he would be good for that. I 100% agree. I think, he I think he'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, he's kind of the unofficial mayor of Chicago as it is. Yep. So, you know, Absolutely. Just in a different... Uh, different way i suppose so, <laughs> absolutely all right so we move on to the eighth inning chad and of course the injuries as we mentioned earlier in the podcast have been a big theme of the season for the cubs and two of those injuries right now are for brandon morrow and for jason hayward and of course we have talked on this show many times how jason hayward has really been such a solid and important player for this team and Brandon Morrow, obviously the closer for this team, yeah. uh, is definitely somebody that the Cubs are missing uh, as the bullpen is trying to find that bullpen by committee to close out games. So I ask of you first, who are you missing more, Jay Hay or Morrow? It, it's so interesting um, because I, I, sh I shared this earlier. The fact this team has the best record in the National League with all of the missing pieces is just beyond um, belief as far as I'm concerned. If I could snap my fingers right now and, um, and make one of them appear and make one of them appear at their full capabilities that we know um, that they can be, uh, 
I've got to go with, with Morrow. I've got, I've got to go because I have great concerns um, with not having a defined reliever. Now that being said, man, I sure like seeing um, gold glove caliber uh, 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 Jason Hayward with the bat to match. Um, that was something very special. This team where it is feast or famine with scoring runs um, is still leading um, most of the offensive categories in the national league and around slugging and run scored, things like that. So they're not at a, a dearth of, of, of production, but he was a spark plug and he's been greatly missed. But if you ask me to choose one who I miss most, Brandon Morrow. So you would think, my answer would be Morrow as well, because, right, we were talking about the bullpen. We're talking about the yeah. issues that um, Madden has been having with the bullpen and that maybe he's overusing them. However, I feel like the Cubs have gotten through pretty well without Morrow for the majority of the season because um, Morrow's been on the shelf for quite some time now. Ironically enough, the Cubs have started to play pretty crummy once Hayward was put on the DL. You're right. And that is where I find this very intriguing. The Cubs are playing great when Hayward was in the lineup on a regular basis. And as soon as he got hurt, um, that's when in the Atlanta game, that's when things started to get sour for this team. I can't explain it. I don't really know why, but I would rather have Jason Hayward. There is something about Hayward. He's a steady presence in the locker room. As you both, you and I both know from the world series, he's somebody who I think is a leader in the clubhouse. And I think that speaks volumes. And at the same time, obviously his defense is is second to none um and his offense has been you know solid this year so but i think it's the intangibles chad of what hayward represents in the locker room more so than what he does on the field that i think makes this team successful so for my money i'm gonna say jason hayward and i think that uh right now the cubs could use him because right now this team is is kind of spinning out of control a little bit and i'm a little worried about that and that's uh that's my concern no, and I, I appreciate that, and I, I it, it's it's not cut and dried to me. It's not it's an, not an obvious choice. Um, he has been so incredibly valuable um, and such a steady force, as you said. Uh, I guess the one positive that I could say, and I and I know Joe has shared this as well, is you know because of all the moving pieces, uh, pieces and, and because of, of what he called an embarrassment or it's been called an embarrassment of riches with all of the different um, people he can plug into this lineup. He's allowed the opportunity for more people to get more reps. Um, so that doesn't mean that I don't want Jason patrolling uh, right field. Uh, uh, and it is very concerning. We've not heard much of anything about his return, his status, you know, when big guys like that, big muscular guys have have leg issues, that can be a problem. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to see him back, but uh, let's. Can I say both? Can I change my answer? Would like both of them back? <laughs> of course, yes, I would too. I would too. If I can have my uh, druthers, I would take both as well. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, finish up in the ninth inning here, Chad. We'll finish up strong. The week ahead, obviously, we we talked about the series this week against the Brewers. Yeah. Then it's up to DC with a potential hurricane. Ridiculous. Against the Nationals. You should be ashamed. Major league baseball continue. And then of course they go to Cincinnati against the Reds where they struggled in Cincinnati. The last yeah. time they played Cincinnati, <laughs> but hopefully things have changed because the yeah. Cubs swept them at Wrigley. Um, so let's talk about the potential for how serious this week can be. Uh, depending on where this team ends up in the standings uh, after Sunday. Do you uh, think, Chad, I guess that is the question, this team will be in first place when we 
get back together and record our next podcast. Here's what I think. And here is what I think every Cubs fan should wish for. Four wins, three losses. Um, that is what I think every, every Cubs fan should wish for, wish for is the absolute worst case scenario. And that potentially could mean losing the series against the, the Brewers. Um, if, I, if I look at the next four games and I say there's going to be a split there because the Cubs are going to be facing Steven Strasburg again, again, it's like, <laughs> it's like the universe is going against them. And then um, uh, sweeping the Reds is, is probably necessary uh, for this mix. Does that do enough? Does, does four and seven uh, give them the opportunity to, uh, to maintain the lead um, against the Brewers or stay even going into last, last week or two? No, no, it probably doesn't. Um, but this team needs to turn it around. And what we've seen the last couple of days, at least, um, with some faltering in Washington, um, doesn't, have a, doesn't provide a lot of confidence for me. So, uh, you know, let the team surprise everybody and let them dominate the Brewers and, and, and insert their will, basically, and then see what happens with that Washington series. But that red series has to bet that team has to show up and, and has to show up as if they're the most competitive team in a slow pitch wreck softball tournament and just crush <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds that like they did last time they played. Listen, they got to beat these teams because these are the teams they're going to face in the postseason, right? right. They're going to have to face Milwaukee potentially in the playoffs. So they got to be able to go out and beat these teams because that's what's going to take for them to get to the World Series regardless. Yeah. Washington obviously is out of the playoff picture. The Reds are out of the playoff picture. Those are the teams you have to beat even, even though, um, you know, that they're not really playing for anything other than just to spoil your season. So, you know, look, you're right. They got to at least go four and three. That's at the least Uh, five and two would be ideal. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say six and one, but if they can go five and two, I'm going to feel good. Anything worse than five and two, I'm getting a little nervous. I know four and three is going to be, you know, you certainly are looking at over 500, but I'm telling you the Brewers aren't going to let up. And if the Cubs end up, getting swept in this series or losing to a three, uh, <laughs> I think that could potentially be a tailspin going into the Washington game yeah. and then potentially into Cincinnati. It's not going to add up very well. So it's important to start the series uh, with at least two out of three against Milwaukee, because I think anything less than that is, uh, is definitely going to change the perspective of how the NL Central is going to look when you and I reconvene. Um, later uh, in the week to record our next podcast. I think I think you're right, and and I, I guess my point in saying four and three has been my take really for the last couple of weeks, which is play better than 500 ball, play 600 ball, put the pressure on everybody else to go on some incredible run. And the Brewers right now are in the midst of a really strong run. The Cubs have an opportunity to become hot again and, and figure something out here in this next next uh, stretch of of 20 games, and so. Time will tell, and uh, and I. This has been one of the more pessimistic episodes I've real I've had. I mean, really <laughs> think about you think about the frustrations and the losses and and the the injuries. Um, it looks really bleak, but always have to to remind ourselves that this team has the best record in the National League, and they didn't limp into that. They didn't accidentally get here. They have won many more games than they've lost, and this team has has got a lot of winners that that with with Rizzo peaking at the right time, with Baez have the capability of of being an MVP like player. Bryant back in the mix, uh, you know, the sneakiness of, of Schwarber, um, you know, will Willie uh, Contreras, will he come back and, and, and insert himself? 
you know, there are so many um, uh, reasons to believe in this team, um, but this next week is really going to let us know what is up. That is going to do it for this edition of the Friendly Confines. Our thanks to Ryan Cheverini for joining us on this week's episode of the seventh inning stretch. For Chad Gordon, I'm Ryan Lieber. Hopefully we'll talk to you next week with the Cubs still in first place. Have a good one, everybody. And don't forget, everybody, do not forget, don't pull that W flag out until the game is over and the Cubs have won. We'll see you at the ballpark. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed. The first time you walk into Wrigley.